Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Moderno. Jihadi's traveling this week. I'm going to do a little spin-off podcast a couple times here this summer, just to give you some additional content throughout. So this will be the sort of spin-off Believe in Wizards draft. I've got Cooper Klein of the Upside Swings podcast joining me here today. And we're going to talk about wings in this year's NBA draft that, that are appealing to us. So We'll get to all that. As always, we're brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard uh, Everythings. <laughs> they're they're all delicious. And brought to you by uh, Bet Online. As always, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting info this season. Everything from XFL to MLB to UFC to MMA and more. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-B, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Okay, let's just get right into it with my conversation with Cooper Klein. Super pleased to be joined by Cooper Klein. Coop, thanks for coming on here, man. Uh, always love the Upside Swings guys coming in here and teaching me NBA draft stuff so I can sound a little smarter on this podcast. So, so thanks for making some time. Of course. I'm, um, I'm honored to join you. I, there's nothing I love. Uh, talking about more than the NBA draft. Uh, and I, I'm excited to talk specifically, you know, about about the wings of this draft, because this is uh, maybe not like a good wing class, but it, it's a very deep. deep yeah, there's deep, a lot of dudes that could potentially maybe be good someday, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like, oh, this guy is an interesting wing. Mm-hmm. He's not a good wing. I would say <laughs> that this is like a a really good guard class yeah. and a non-existent big class. But there's like a... It's just filled with wings that are so interesting developmentally uh, if you like have an idea of what you want to do with them as a team. As we go through this, I I, I kind of look at these as like some of these guys are just the same level of like NBA prospect as the other, but some of them I've just classified as good at basketball right now and just not good at basketball right now. And it's just like, it's very interesting. I think we'll, we'll see just kind of how both of us either agree or disagree as we go out of like, how much that matters with certain guys or not. Um, so so I, I think that'll be kind of a, a unique one because there really are a couple guys here that I think are going to be good that just like aren't good at the sport right now. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, let's just kind of quickly say the first, I don't know, wing. And I, I've kind of loosely grouped these guys as wings uh, that probably comes off the board is probably Brandon Miller from Alabama. I don't, I don't know where you would classify him positionally, but I, I think he probably plays some amount of two through four in the NBA, depending on on the team structure and things like that. So I think that's close enough to call him a wing. To me, he's probably probably the guaranteed first one off the board. Do you think a Thompson twin can realistically challenge him for, for one of these spots come draft night? So I think it really depends on the order, uh, mm-hmm. because from what I've heard, I mean, the Spurs love 
the Thompsons and if the oh, Spurs okay. end up at, uh, you know, if they end up at two or three, I, mm-hmm. I, I've heard that even if they end up at two, that they could take one of the Thompsons over Scoot, which would really? be insane. But uh, I, I would love to see it. But I think Miller, just because of the way that NBA teams value the like NCAA play over anything else, we can talk about if that's fair or not at, at, at another time. That's just kind of how it is. Sure. I, I think Miller's going to be the first one off the board. Teams love him. They love his creation. We can, you know, we, I don't know if it's real creation and he played in such a weird system, but teams just love seeing that kind of stuff out of a six, nine guy who can really shoot and looks like he can defend. I, I don't think he's a super strong defender, but I I'm pretty sure that unless the Spurs or maybe even the Rockets I've, I've heard a little bit there are like ahead of them in Detroit, which is my own thinking because uh, Troy Weaver is the preeminent uh, athleticism fetishist in our yeah. league. Who's and- the center he can take ahead of all of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he could take Cam Whitmore too, for all we know, but I, I think he takes a Thompson, but any other team, I think, I think Miller is the first wing here off the board. He's probably like, I think teams will see him as the safest, a six foot nine guy that can shoot and reasonably guard. It's just like, you're probably never going to be a bust if you're, if you're that guy. And I think that might, there are certain teams that probably don't have the appetite for that. Cause to me, this draft, maybe more than any, I can remember. There's like a lot of variability with like upside and and downside with some of these guys and shooting seems to be the swing skill for like 75% of them. And uh, it's not even just guys that like need to tweak it. There's some dudes where like the shots real bad so far. Uh, and, and I don't know, I'd be risky to kind of lean on a total, total overhaul of that shot. And I think specifically, I'm thinking of the Thompson twins here. So maybe we'll segue into them. You've got Amon and Asur Thompson, both six foot seven, uh, from the overtime elite. They both averaged 16 points, about six rebounds, about six assists. They both shot about 30% ish from three. Um, Actually, no, Amon's 23% from three. That's rough. And 65%. If you, if you, if you round enough, that's that's 30. Yeah, he's so. like almost 30, you know. Honestly, the sample size, if he makes like two more threes, maybe he's up to 30%. But uh, 65-ish percent from the line. I'm, I'm sort of averaging their two stat lines here because they're like really are pretty close. Uh, Coop, I think we talked about this a while ago. I'm of the opinion that Asor can probably do more of the things that people think Amon does better he just hasn't had the opportunity to show them like i've seen him throw some really good passes and stuff too uh i i wouldn't be shocked if we look up in like two or three years and and their skill sets are actually a lot maybe closer than everybody gives them credit for yeah i think there is that but uh i think their skill sets are really close i think for me the difference between the two is processing and i think amen is a better processor defensively and offensively um and Azar is definitely, at least from what we've seen, like you said, there's a world where he shows up and it's like, oh, this guy can actually ball handle and is also, you know, an automatic paint touch and can make pretty good reads too. Uh, but I think Azar is definitely more of a wing with mm-hmm. just what he showed. And it's harder to be a wing who can't shoot than it is yeah. to be a guard who can't shoot. That makes sense. Right. Uh, but I, I think Azar is obviously also the, the better shooter. Uh, he gets more shooting attempts. He gets to that mid range, but I the problem for me between the two of them is just Azar drives without a plan almost like all the time. 
Uh, it's hard to gauge it because the OTE spacing is the worst I've ever seen in my it's entire really bad. life. Yeah, it's it's worse a, than normal high school basketball somehow. Oh, it, it is. They have it's like it's more talented than high school. Like, you, you know, you watch those games and they have like, you know, Rob Dillingham and Naz Cunningham and even like Santos Cyril, who are all like really high level high school players. But the, the, the City Reapers team had their best shooter was Eli Ellis who is the fakest good shooter of all time, and nobody else could hit even an open three. Mm-hmm. It was really bad. So I, I I give both of them a lot of leeway because they played in worse spacing than even most college, like bad college players do. And it's it's tough. And I think Azar is going to be a great you know two-way wing. I think he's going to be a better defender than he showed because he has great instincts. Uh, but I think Amen just processes the floor a little bit better and is a little bit better of an athlete. Mm-hmm. And plays the the position where he can leverage all of that a little bit better. That makes sense. I I think draft philosophy stuff is interesting from people and how it evolves and changes over time. I used to like get enamored with all the like, look at this combo guard who can score a lot. And it's like, well, now you can get a guy in the 20s who does those things every year. So it's like not as important. I used to really undervalue. Hey, look at this big, tall ball handler that can't shoot at all. And I always devalued them. And now we see more and more of the NBA with there's just so much room on the floor and nobody can bump you when you drive. And like, it doesn't really matter. And people like them can still find ways to score, I think. So I've come around a little bit on both Thompsons. I was like scared about the shooting, but especially for Amon, I don't know that I care that much at this point. It'd be nice if he could shoot it, or at least we think theoretically someday he could shoot it. But uh, if if I'm the Wizards and I end up with the fourth pick and he's on the board, I think I just take him and move on and I never think twice about it. Yeah, it's hard to also miss, like be upset with a guy who is like a two-way player like that. Like people mm-hmm. talk about the offensive concerns, but Amin is arguably, and Azar is probably, I mean, Amin is like the most versatile defensive player in this draft. It's in my opinion. And Azar's too, he's a close second. But I think Amin is more solid at the point of attack and has slightly better, you know, like, like I said, he processes the game a little bit faster, but the two of them are just so versatile on that end. And people kind of ignore that. Like they can play one through four defensively mm-hmm. and be competent, right? Like I, I fully trust Amin being a weak side rim protector. Yeah. I fully trust Azar doing the same thing. And I fully trust both of them in passing lanes or at the point of attack, mm-hmm. right? Like at the end of the day, be like, I think that's kind of lost in the in the discussion of, oh, you know, they play an OTE and blah, 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 and all this. And you lose a lot of that kind of conversation. If you get, even if Amen is just like, oh, he just runs a little bit of point guard and he's a connector. And then he's also an all defense player, yeah, <laughs> right? Like right. that's still- he's Matisse Thibel that could occasionally be point, you know, like it's, yeah, that's like, still pretty good. It's still hard. That's a hard player to like miss. Right. To the degree, like to a, to a bust worthy degree. I think that's kind of lost in the the conversation about there just because everyone's so wrapped up in the shot. 10 years ago, I might've been a little more concerned that they're both a little on the scrawny side still, or, or at least wiry side is maybe a, a, a kinder way to say it, I guess. But also it doesn't really matter in the NBA anymore, especially for the positions they're going to play. Like they're not going to be banging or bruising in the paint with anybody. And I think they're probably like functionally stronger than they get credit for despite just being skinny. So I'm not really worried about that piece of it that much either. That game that they played 
in the TBT last year, they played like literally 30 year old men and they took a couple lumps early in that game, but they looked fine. I, I didn't think they were like getting like bullied or anything. So I, I have less concern about that than, than I probably would have, you know, used in, in the past, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's hard to really look at like Amen and Azar both. I, I, I know I, I, it's hard to just say something about one in a broad sense and not talk about the other, but uh, they are like top, top tier athletes yep. right like there's I'm, I'm pretty sure Amon comes in and, and is the best athlete in the nba and it's hard to just look at that and be like well you know why isn't this guy benching 245 <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you've like got vince can, carter hops from day one but we're concerned yeah. about your bench press yeah. yeah especially when he can burst by anyone he's got great lateral mobility he's got incredible vert like you just can't it's a lot of uh, the big thing for me this year has been trying not to miss uh, the forest for the trees, right? Try not to overthink stuff because of little stuff. I kind of did that to a degree last year with with a lot of the guys, mm-hmm. uh, but the one that specifically has kind of messed me up the most is is Tai Tai, mm-hmm. right? Like Tai Tai was uh, like he was just solid. At the end of the day, even if I didn't think he was a point guard, he was smart. He could shoot a little bit. He had good touch. And, you know, that brings value, even if I don't really like super see it myself. And it's like, ah, you know, everyone kind of overrates him. That's still like, you can't miss the forest for the trees because, oh, he takes too many floaters and he doesn't get to the rim as a point guard. Right. Especially right. when those are correctable things. Uh, exactly. The next guy, well, okay, just for Wizards fans specifically here with both Thompsons. We've had all these talks postseason already in media availability about we were terrible in with transition defense. We didn't play fast enough. Like both these guys immediately help you in both of those ends. Uh, I think that if you can end up with either of them, you just got better in two areas of basketball that you were like objectively not very good at this year. So uh, we've talked the whole time. Tommy Shepard has been our GM about the need for athletic wings, and he's kind of yet to do it. So you need athletic wings and we've come out with Denny and Corey Kispert. Again, I both like overall, but I wouldn't classify either of them as high-end NBA athletes. So this is a chance to go out and get a real high-end NBA athlete. And sort of the next guy on the list here is also a very good athlete, in my opinion, but just like very different than both Thompsons. And that's Cam Whitmore. He's a Maryland guy from the state of Maryland, didn't go to Maryland, uh, went to Villanova, about six foot six, kind of powerfully built but he's like the strong, powerful dunker and maybe not as long and rangy and, and quite as bouncy as these other guys. So where are you with Whitmore? Um, I guess, is he is he the same caliber of athlete, in your opinion, as, as the Thompsons? So I don't think he's the same caliber as the Thompsons, but he is about as close as you can get while not being in that tier. Sure. Right. He is like this. The, the other cool thing, like this, this draft has a lot of wings. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of insane otherworldly athletes yep. right uh whitmore otherworldly strong mm-hmm. uh like especially like functionally he gets into the paint he finishes everything he can drive he can put his shoulder into you like he's going to translate from day one <clears throat> and he kind of reminds me uh my <laughs> my uh my comparison for him was somebody who the wizards really wanted last year uh, i called him before watching his tape i called him a swagless benedict matherin <laughs> but i i watched the you know i think 
that that's kind of just the like they, they have similar enough athleticism. Yeah. They're both pretty good at shooting, really good at driving, not the best ball handlers or, or passers, but they can really like you really you know they're gonna translate and you know they're gonna play really well and get to the line. Right. Uh, I don't think Whitmore is anywhere near that level of a shooter, but he is the best or second best cutter in the draft. Yeah. Right. True. Like it's him or Azar. Yeah. Uh, as far as best cutter. He's also a better defender than uh than Matherin. So I don't think it's like a one-to-one comp, but I know that uh when we did the the 30 teams in 30 days for the Wizards, you you told us that you thought that the Wizards really wanted a Matherin last year. And I think Whitmore could be, you know, what a pseudo replacement for for that guy. In the last podcast we we did with my co-host Jahadi, we talked about just how much this team gets stagnant on offense and there's no movement and no cutting. And I used to get really annoyed on the broadcast with Corey Kispert. Like all they talked about was his cutting. And it's like, yeah, okay, we get it. He cuts, but like they need more guys to do that. And and to your point, I think that was the thing watching Villanova that was like sneaky, most impressive with Whitmore is like the guy just find opens areas of the floor to be in. And I don't even think he had like the right personnel last year to help him capitalize on that as much as they probably needed to. Like point guard was probably the biggest hole on that team and there weren't really a lot of like dynamic creators so he was like kind of cutting sometimes and like looking around like where's the ball um and i think with nba space given the kind of athlete he is that that'll be really helpful for some team right away yeah it's really hard to see him not being a valuable nba player in a bunch of different ways really easily i think for me i i really love Whitmore. i don't think his high end ceiling is the same as someone like the thompsons i think Agreed. both of them are better passers He's a bad uh, passer. Can can we just do that yeah. for a minute? Like, I, yeah. I, I was like really, not, I wouldn't even say underwhelmed, but I was like disappointed in, he he makes bad reads. The decision-making is weird. Like he'll like throw a ball at some guy's feet as he's like kind of wide open cut. Uh, it looked a little bit better in the couple games I saw of international competition last year. So maybe that was a spacing thing because Villanova couldn't shoot really. So, but, but I was like really disappointed in, in his passing and, and, and you mentioned the ball handling, like he's got to be better at one of those two things, at least to me, to be like a productive offensive player in the NBA, at least early. Yeah. I can really see him thriving. Like the, the big problem for me early was that he's like six, five, mm-hmm. right? Like as you know, he's listed six, seven here on, I, I use Tankathon as an easy cheat for stats and, and all that Same. stuff. But he's listed at six seven. It's like no way. No, I saw, no, I sat no like way. Fourth, six seven. Fourth row when Georgetown played Villanova this year, and like I get a pretty good feel for how tall guys are based on other guys' relative height, and and I don't buy six seven either. And he didn't really look that long either in person. Maybe no. just because he's a stocky guy, he doesn't look at not stocky, but you know what I mean. Like he's he's a solidly built dude, so maybe he doesn't look as rangy. But uh, yeah, if you're only six five. And you can't really be the, a small ball four at six five. Like you better, you better do some other things on the perimeter. I think. Yeah, and I think I think the shot will come around to like a really good degree. And I, I don't know if I buy the like the shot creation stuff that he's kind of showed. People kind of pull out the you know the five clips of him hitting step backs, and it's like, well, every single other step back he shot this year was a uh, brick. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> and, and he was very stiff and like. There's a lot there to really like with Whitmore. And I, you know, there's, he's really young, mm-hmm. right? Well, not even, I don't think he's going to be, he's not even 19 right now. Uh, but like, 
it's really easy to see him make, getting on a team, getting reps early, and then developing because he's good and young and that's, you know, and he's productive. And that's kind of a recipe for really good players. I just don't think that the top end ceiling for him uh, is the same as someone like an Ahmed or an Azar or even an Anthony Black, who's a mm-hmm. different position, but, uh, you know, same size-ish. I used to really enjoy getting to see prospects in person before making my mind up because you get a better feel for, like I said, how big someone actually is. Even sometimes just seeing a guy in shoot around before a game can tell you a lot more about a shot than the two three-point attempts he gets during the game or whatever. Um, so the three guys I saw in person this year were Jarris Walker, Cam Whitmore, three three lottery-ish guys I saw, and then Jalen hood and Whitmore and Hutchfino were both like objectively terrible the times I saw them in person. And I just like, I'm really getting stuck on that of just like, it's such a, it's one game of sample size. I need to throw it away. But like, it it's just like, he was so bad and I, I don't know how to get kind of around that. And I'm, I'm trying to just focus, like you were saying on, on what he does really well. And I think how he could help the wizards is just play defense right away, be good in transition, cut to open spaces. And like knock down, like I think he's he'll be a good enough shooter to just like reasonably knock down like open corner threes and stuff. Am, am I missing anything he could do for like day one for a team like this? I don't think so. I think that if you really had a creative coach, you could play him offensively at like the four. And I think he even defensively could kind of be because he can rotate well mm-hmm. enough and he's got the athleticism and like he's stocky. Like if he made a weak side rim, rim rotation, you're not scoring through him. Right. It doesn't matter if you're seven feet tall and you got long ass arms, you're not scoring through Cam Whitmore. Right. But it's he's really limited in what he does now. But something that I've kind of picked up on over you know the last few years is just try like even if you can't directly see what his paths of improvement are and like his development, guys who are this good, this young, just tend to find shit that they can do better or really get good at the stuff they're already good at. It's mm-hmm. like the Franz thing, yep. right? Like people are like, oh, or, or Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges, right? Mm-hmm. He was older, but he was really good and really productive. People are like low ceiling. And it's like, well, he has, he's going to get a ton of playing time and he's going to figure out how to be even better, right? Mm-hmm. Like a, if you're good, really good, really young, that gives you a higher ceiling because teams are going to be able to play you. You're going to be able to get yep. game reps, which are way more important for development also if i don't want to say holes but like if you have limited areas of your game so far but you're already like impactful on a basketball court it also just means if you just improve it like even like one of those areas you've just become a markedly better player so there's a lot of room for growth as corny as that may sound like for someone like him if he becomes a a much better ball handler or just a better passer or a really good shooter like the ceiling goes up considerably. So I, I, I'm, I've kind of come around to him on on the idea of being like a top 10 pick. And I, I wasn't there for a while. So it's always interesting to see how how that kind of evolves over the course of the season. Um, the next guy here is sort of maybe the opposite of this. Uh, I, I've got Grady Dick from Kansas. I think some places have him listed as 6'7". He looks considerably bigger than that to me like he looked taller than J- Jalen Wilson standing next to him his teammate and I think everyone seems to list Jalen as 6'8 or 6'9 so um, maybe Dick is actually better than that but he could probably make a case he's one of the two or three best shooters in the draft averaged 14 a game uh, for a Kansas team pretty good rebounder 40% from three 85% from the free throw line 
I, I think there's sort of no question that he comes in day one and, and can at least make shots at an NBA level. Um, where are you at with Grady Dick? I adore Grady Dick. Okay, uh, I, I like think it. he he's either the best or second best shooter in the class, mm-hmm. right? To me, it's between him and Sensabaugh. Okay. Who is uh, literally going to be next on this list? Just spoiler yeah, for everybody. I, I I love both of those guys. But uh, Dick, I think Wilson is like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and I think Dick is like 6'8". Yeah. Okay, so I think that would be my official estimate. Uh, but he is one of the best off-ball players in the world right now, like already yeah. in college. He uses head fakes really well. He cuts. He just knows where to go and what to do. He's a really solid offensive rebounder which is like always something that I like to see in wings. Uh, it really gives me a sense of like feel like if he's sitting in the corner and he sees the shot go up and he knows he can get to it, he's right there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hate saying this about white guys, but he's a, he's a sneaky athlete. Yeah. Uh, really like he can get up, he can finish lobs. He's a good finisher, great free throw shooter, even though he's into the free throw line a ton. But I think he just does everything that you want a good off-ball player to do offensively. And I don't think he's as bad as people, sorry, make him out to be defensively. I actually thought he was like sneaky kind of good a lot of the year. Like, I mean, maybe that's like the, just how Kansas plays defense and the guys around him let him look okay. But I don't feel like people were like picking on him too bad for most of the year. Even when they did, it's just because they were super strong and he's Everybody. super weak. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like it wasn't like he was getting dusted every other play and like, oh, he's getting back cut every single possession. Uh, He's just skinny and that's going to come with time. Right. Like in an NBA weight room, he's bound to put on weight and he's not going to be able to be thrown around as much. He's got solid, okay feet. He's Mm -hmm. decent off the ball. I just don't really worry about him defensively in the way a lot of people do. Uh, And I mean, there are guys who are like considered good defenders who were worse defenders than him this year. Right. Yeah, like it's a lot of it's just aesthetic. Sure. And in the Big 12, you have to do a lot of fighting to get any kind of advantage, especially against this Kansas team. And that, you know, the weakest link was Grady Dick. Yeah. If I, I can drive against either Kevin McCuller or Grady Dick, I'm going to yeah. go with Grady <laughs> Dick. Like yeah. Just... Kevin McCuller was one of the best defenders in college basketball and arguably the best wing defender in college basketball. Yeah. And Wilson seems like he should be a good defender. Right. Yeah. You watch him and you think he's a good defender. Situationally, is, yeah. Yeah. I think Dick is better. Honestly, defensively, he's he's kind of slept on. And I I think there's a world where he's like a top 10 shooter in the NBA and, and one of the best at like navigating off ball screens and can hit some pull ups and the jumper so smooth, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it every single time it looks exactly the same. It's compact. It gets up high and it goes in at a crazy rate. I adore Dick. I I have heard some Wizards fans say. Oh, we just drafted Corey Kispert. We can't draft Grady Dick again. They're the same person because they're six foot seven white guys. And I I think Grady already has a lot more to his offensive game just from day one. It it took, you know, Kispert just now maybe is to the point where he's showing off these things and there's a five year age difference there. So uh, I I think the fact that, that Dick has a lot of opportunity to add more things. I think he'll go a long way. I, I personally, he would not be my priority um, for the Wizards, but if he's the best guy on my board when they pick, so be it. Uh, so I wouldn't rule him out either. He's also just like way more versatile yeah, as a shooter, so. like incredibly more versatile. Yeah. Uh, better off movement, I think, I think for sure. Yeah, better off movement. And I think he can like actually hit pull-ups and mm-hmm. he's a great connective passer, right? And that's kind of 
it's kind of connective passing kind of gets thrown around as like a bullshit term for like, I like this guy, no, but Grady Dick is one of the the few guys who is like actually good at connective passing, yeah. right? Like he makes quick decisions. He makes good reads. He can run secondary pick and rolls at some like, it, you know, attacking really bad defensive players. I, I just don't think there's a team in the NBA that is like, wow, I don't want Grady Dick on my team. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you can't, even if he's just like, Oh, he's our seventh man who comes off the bench and absolutely nukes you from downtown. You know, you are fine with that outcome from a lottery pick. And I I think he's going to be like a starting level player for 90% of NBA teams. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. I think that the versatility point on offense is, is especially big there. And he'll hold his own better defensively than a lot of these like air quote shooting specialist guys. I'm a little less sold on our next guy on our list here, and you are much higher on him than I am. So I want you to sell me on Ohio State's Bryce Sensiball. For anybody not familiar, he's six foot six freshman, average 16 points, five rebounds, one assist, about 40% from three, 83% from the free throw line. So I think the shooting is definitely real. I, the shot diet was interesting to me, and, and I don't know if this is like an offense they ran or how they kind of structured things for him, but... I didn't get the same, hey, this is a top 10 pick vibe um, that that some people seem to have. So so what am I missing on the email here? So for Sensabaugh, it's that he is both a top two shooter to me and a top five scorer, right? Okay. Like he creates on ball in a way that nobody else really in this class does. So the way I, I think Bryce really hit the nail on the head is that Bryce was really killed by his context in the pod we did on him he was like if you switched brandon miller and bryce sensabaugh i think sensabaugh is a top three pick and miller is a bottom half of the lottery pick right and it's just because sensabaugh he gets to his spots he hit mid ranges at a crazy rate i don't remember the exact number and i don't want to be a liar but it was an insane you know percentage of his self-created mid-range shots mm-hmm. he self-created most of his own jumpers and he has a lot of the craft that you really want to see from these scoring prospects, right? I think he's, you know, a, a, I think he's a top three scorer in the draft, but I think if you're like, uh, you know, still a little like low on him because he didn't get to the rim, I think worst case, he's like top five, top seven. And if you take that at his age, because he's incredibly, incredibly young, mm-hmm. uh, he's not even going to be, he's, you know, but I think his his rookie year will be his age 20 season, but he's a young freshman, good size, good athleticism, really strong. I think he has a great base to build off of. And I think he can really get to the point where he's like a top scorer on a playoff team because he's so crafty. He sees the floor really well. It's just he played on, on an Ohio State team that played like three non-shooters. And it's like, well, you're being benched for Isaac Likely because likely he's a defender and you're not a defender. And I didn't even think he was a bad defensive player, right? It's just, you're not Isaac likely and that's not a bad thing, but he can actually dribble, shoot the ball. And he, the the thing that really I loved was that you could see in game him sort out, like see a problem, be like, oh shit, I just got blocked. And then a few possessions later, he'd do the same thing, but like solve it in a new way where he actually solves the issue. Right. I think his his feel for the game is really, really high. And he didn't get to show that at Ohio State. Yeah, that's fair. I I kind of wrote him off as like 
Uh, this is another Malachi Branham kind of thing, like this stocky guy that shoots really good mid-range pull-ups and doesn't guard anybody or do anything else. But I do think he's a, a better shooter than that, just kind of right off the bat. Um, I I didn't find him particularly good defensively, um, Just, but I also didn't watch them a ton either, just because they weren't really a fun team to watch. And I watched enough like shit <laughs> Big Ten basketball already watching Maryland like heave bricks from all over the court. So uh, it probably didn't give him enough of a chance. So and that'll be on my to rewatch uh, over the pre-draft process here. So um, that's a good sell. Uh, good call. There, I appreciate Bob. it because I love Sensible. Like, uh, I, like, like what got, range are we talking? Slander. Love like it, top ten, top eight? Like where? Uh, how, how seven? Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have him in a tier with Nick Smith, Kasan Wallace, Ant Black. Okay. In that top seven ish range. So. Nice. Is this a guy you could see being a good fit with this Washington team? Like just come in right away, be a shooter, add some versatility, that sort of thing. Oh, especially early. I think you plug him in at the three mm-hmm. and give him time to develop. You, it depends. Like you'd have to get another, like, unless you guys really like DeLon Wright and, and Monte Morris, I think you still need a point guard. That would be but, nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think Sensabaugh is the kind of guy who, plugs in early and gives you good minutes and plays a role. And mm. then you give him time, you let him develop with the team and, and you really see what he can do and slowly give him more and more range and, and all that kind of stuff. The next guy on our list, also in the big 10, uh, also a, a reasonably sized guy that just does a lot of shooting, um, seemingly less versatile uh, than, than Sensabaugh is Jet Howard. Six foot eight out of Michigan. Wizards fans will obviously know the name. Son of Juwan Howard. He's like good at scoring or at least good at shooting, I would say, and seemingly does nothing else productive on an NBA court despite having good size, despite having a good handle. I just was a little underwhelmed the more the season went on. I actually thought he defended better at the beginning of the year than he did at the end, which I don't know if that's like, hey, our team is not going to make the NCAA tournament, so I don't give a shit. But uh, he put up 14 points as a freshman, 2.8 rebounds, two assists, a little over half a block, less than half a steal, shot 36.8% from three, 80% from the free throw line. I do think he'll like shoot at a decent level from day one, but it, it seemed like a guy that underutilized his tools overall. And I don't know, maybe that's feel for the game, but where are you at with Jed Howard? Uh, well, he's really good at shooting, and he's he's a good dribbler, and he can pull up shoot. But uh, I I just don't know what else he does. And I I kind of liked him on first watch, and Same. then you go back, and we just did the Kobe Buffkin podcast, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Somebody we we won't really hit on here because he's guardier. He's like six three. But why why don't we do it? Just because they're that's an interesting enough parallel for people, and and it's one we haven't talked about on the show at all. Again, another freshman. You mentioned six three, six four, somewhere in that range. Averaged 14 points, four and a half rebounds, three assists, over a steal, uh, three quarters of a block, 35% from three, 85% from the free throw line. He, he, despite being smaller, found more ways to impact basketball games than Jed Howard did. Yeah. So he was like their two guard. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I think that that's kind of the thing with Kobe is he is awesome, but he is like a two guard yeah, or an that's off the ball point guard. Right. And that's it. That's it. But he is perfect at that. Mm-hmm. I think he's a really good defender, really good offensive player, really well-rounded. There's not a lot of weaknesses. 
Uh, he's young for a sophomore. He's, you know, his oh, sophomore year. Right. I called him a freshman. You're right. But he's a, uh, he's going to be a 20 year old rookie. So mm-hmm. he's like Jet's age. Like they are, they're basically the same age, right? Mm-hmm. Jet and, and Kobe. But Kobe, I, I think it's just so well rounded. That's like 6'3, uh, maybe 6'4. I think he's really like 6'3, but he's just so solid at everything you could want. Uh, and then, in contrast with Jet, who is like, I'm going to shoot the ball and that's all I'm going to do. And <laughs> it's just tough because like he doesn't really rebound. He doesn't really defend too well. Uh, but he does shoot and he shoots. I think he can shoot in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. I think he can do it off the dribble. He can do it off movement. He can do it, you know, coming off a screen. He's smart and, and he like moves off ball, but it's hard to tell if that's scheme or like this guy's really high feel uh it's just hard to see him uh like being much else at the nba level but he's a solid enough athlete and shooter to where it's like yeah he's just gonna be a good nba player he's one i've like really struggled with because when it's really good it's really impressive stuff because he's i think he's like a real six eight like he felt maybe even a little bigger than that he's a solidly built dude And it's like, okay, well, he actually handles the ball really well for his size. If he ever actually did rebound, he'd be like a really good grab and go guy. And like, he could also pull up and hit his own shot. And uh, I I believe there's some self-creation stuff there. So like, if it's an effort thing and we think he gets the NBA and he'll suddenly start rebounding, great. I I don't know. But um, he felt like someone that under utilized their tools to me this year so i i don't know maybe maybe in another year he can take another big leap because this was not a guy that i think anybody really said was like a five-star one and done right away kind of guy um i know at the iverson classic a lot of players said that like he was the best player they saw on the court so i don't know maybe they did but anyway jet's one i struggle with and i don't know jet jawan howard was like kind of underwhelming as a wizard so i don't know that i need the jet howard experience too but um I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let, let's keep it going with the shooters here. Jordan Hawkins is the next one. Gaithersburg's, Gaithersburg's own Jordan Hawkins. So shout out to the now national champion. Probably more of a guard than than that, but like kind of like Kobe Bufkin, right? Like probably another 6'5". I think Hawkins is probably 6'5", but he's scrawny. Uh, probably only plays the two at the NBA level, I think. But the dude just like shoots really well from like falling all over the place and, and off movement. And he was only 39% from three. And I say only because some of these guys were better, but I think he could easily make the case as like a top five shooter in this draft. He was 80, 89% from the free throw line. Like I buy the shooting. I just don't know what else he does for you. Um, where are you at with Hawkins? Yeah. And the, the 39% is kind of underwhelming, but also overwhelming because it's like this guy's coming off of movement and motion and off the dribble and like every single type of difficult shot you can imagine. It's not wide open catch and shoot. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, you look at the other top, why can't he hit 40? And it's like, well, because he's, you know, the space creator for this. uh, A team with no point guard, essentially. And and he was able (laughs) to just like. Tristan Newton's slander. Come on. We can't can't be doing that. (laughs) He was fine. He he left the AAC so he can, he can get slander. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but he, like you said, I don't know what else he really does. He doesn't pass the ball a ton. He doesn't like turn the ball over either, but it, 
he's a great shooter and i think to the point where he's potentially game changing mm-hmm. and he's a little older so he's going to be you know 21 on draft night uh his rookie year will be his age 21 season uh there's just not a whole bunch else there we haven't super deep dived him so i've only seen like three four games of his mm-hmm. at this moment at this point but every single time i watch him it's like wow he is really in shape he is constantly running off these screens and he knows where to be he's smart but just what else does he do and i i don't know if that's worth i mean he'll probably end up going top 18 at least yeah, it, right like, definitely mid mid half of the first round ballpark i would think yeah yeah and i especially after you know you know you always get the boost after winning the right. winning the championship but had his flu game and people talk about his toughness and i'll sell that in interviews yeah. and stuff like that, that oh yeah actually as much as, as much as the wizards love things like the conditioning test and character and things like that we might find a way to take jordan hawkins with like the seventh or eighth pick uh He's a guy I really like. I also want to root for him because from the same, he is from the town I live in currently. So uh, shout out to that. But it's just, I have a hard time taking someone that can only play one position anywhere in like the top 20, realistically, um, just just because like you're you're just limited in what you get there. So, you know. Yeah, and we'll, I don't even we'll think see. he's like a Kobe Bufkin who's like super elite at a bunch of different stuff, yeah, right? Just one like Kobe. Thing. I, yeah. Kobe, I have as a, a lottery pick, right? I have him at like 11, oh. right? Because he's, uh, you know, he can do everything that you want him to do with that spot really, really well. Mm-hmm. I think there's a world where Hawkins is better because the shooting is better, sure. but it's hard to like, Oh, he doesn't pass the ball. Oh, he's not like a super great defender. Oh, you know, he's not like rebounding a ton or like he, he doesn't do all the other stuff to that same degree. And I, I just don't think he's like somebody that the Wizards specifically should be looking at. Agreed. In the spot where the Wizards are, you want versatile shooting. Right. Especially. Yeah. He's just he, if you're just a two, like there's only so many minutes you're going to get on this roster from a team that really needs pretty much every other position more than that. So I, I think he would be misutilized here specifically. Uh, the next guy I've got on this list is Ryan Repair, uh, 6'7", New Zealand Breakers, averaged 6.8 points, 2.4 rebounds, 0.8 assists, 0.2 blocks, 0.2 steals, 31% from three, 34%, or sorry, 34, 74% from the free throw line. Uh, he's raw, super athletic. I thought he was a really good defender. I'm just now starting to watch some of the international stuff now that college basketball is over and the Wizards are over. I like what I see from him defensively so far. I don't really know what else he does. Um, I'm sure you've watched more of him than I have at this point. Does he do anything good on offense? I I just can't tell yet. Uh, no. <laughs> people, people kind of point to like his spot up shooting, and I guess that's fine. But he makes less than a three a game, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's really hard to point to a guy like that and be like, Oh yeah, he's going to come in and, and really be able to shoot for you at the NBA level to really earn minutes. Like yeah. even with with Usman Jang, who I didn't super love, well, I didn't like him at all last year. I'll be, I'll be I honest, was like but, irrationally high on him, so this will be yeah. an interesting <laughs> counterpoint. But he, uh, you watched Usman, and you're like, he can at least come in, be tall, make connective passes, mm-hmm. like actual connective passes, and hit spot up jumpers. I, you know, you knew Usman was going to be able to shoot spot ups. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, there's all this flashes of other stuff. With repair, I think he's just kind of athletic and kind and 
kind of cool defensively. He, I, I haven't loved him defensively, but he like he gets steals, he gets out on the floor. He looks like he right. has an eight foot wingspan. Like the guy looks long yeah. as shit. I'll give him that, but I, I, you, know, you never know till the combine. But he he looks that way at least. Yeah, and and he, but that isn't the kind of guy who I would really want to take in the in the first round yeah. over guys who like have shown more concrete skills, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, he was on the the French FIBA team or like the French U18s team a few, like last year or the year before or something mm-hmm. he's getting played by like outplayed by a I think he played with Adama Alpha Ball on uh who's on Arizona and didn't really all play all that and, much for Arizona and and, and, and yeah and Adama Alpha Ball was way better right like it's hard to look at a guy like that and just because he's athletic be like oh yeah and and he played in Australia so he's kind of like oh there's the he's a he's a mystery box and it's exactly. like that is, is he better than Mojave King the one I Probably wanted to not. ask you about is is another Frenchman in City Sissoko that played for the G League Ignite, kind of similar position, maybe similar archetype. But I guess who who do you like better of the two between Repair and Sissoko? I like Sissoko a lot better. Uh-huh. Um, I really like Sissoko at the beginning of the year. Didn't like him when we did our deep dive and then watched more when he played on his own. And it's like, oh, this is the perfect connector. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he is like he's like six seven, right? Yeah, like he's I think so. I think they're about probably the same height, I would say. The two guys. Yeah. Like Sissoko is, is pretty big, he's pretty long. Uh, and he can't create an advantage at all. But you give him an advantage and he makes the perfect read out of it mm-hmm. every single time. Right. Yeah. Uh I don't think he can shoot. I don't uh, think he can do it like a ton. He's was thirty one percent from three and sixty four percent from the free throw line. So I think the numbers seem to back you up so far. Yeah, that, which is with 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 the sixty four percent is the G League shooting. Yeah, that is right. That is, so the, the right. so the free throw shooting is a little janky. Like Dyson yeah, Daniels, agree. who I think is going to be able to shoot, shot like forty percent from the free throw line. You get no rhythm when you only get one attempt. For people not familiar yeah. in the G League, in the first. Everything but the last two minutes of the game, you you shoot one free throw that counts for both free throws or all three free throws, depending on where you are. So um, I think that's probably going to be an outlier for a lot of these guys. Yeah, it's just really easy to look at Sissoko and be like, he's going to be great in transition. He's going to make good reads. He's going to come in and just make guys play better ball, right? Mm -hmm. And if you plug him in at the three next to like a Brad Beal and a Kuzma, I think that he could be a nice piece if you can like act if you're confident that you can get him to shoot and at least do something defensively because he did get better right as the year went on defensively I think he got a lot better but he's still like I mean he's not he's not that good defensively but he he has like a real skill set that I don't think repair has at this point I, I buy the defense more with the limited repair film I have seen so far but it's not so otherworldly to me that I would just not look at the fact that he doesn't bring you any offensive value at this point. Uh, all right. We've talked about Ryan repair and we talked about city Sissoko. Let's talk about the third potential French wing in this draft real quick in Bilal Koulibaly. I didn't actually have him on my list for us to talk about. And I don't know how much you've paid attention to him, but since we've just done that, the other two guys, like we might as well consider him. He's super young. He plays on um, Victor Wembanyama's Metropolitan's 92 team for anybody not familiar. Average 11 points, four rebounds, one and a half assists, 35% from three, unlimited volume, uh, 72.5% from the free throw line. So maybe a little more touch and shooting than the other guys. 
Uh, I, I've heard some people say that maybe Koulibaly doesn't even enter this year's draft and tries to be like a lottery pick next year. Uh, have you watched much Koulibaly or paid attention to him even with Wembenyama on the court? Uh, it's hard for me to like watch anyone else but him on the court. Yeah, that's kind of how it is for me with Koulibaly. I think he's a solid defender, right? And, and like that, that steals number is, is pretty bonkers. You know, uh, 2.5 steals per 36 is, mm-hmm. is pretty crazy. Yep. And he's very, very young. Right. Uh, he just plays like being that young and playing on a top three team in, you know, the French, the French A League. I, I mean, I'd embarrass myself. I tried to remember exactly what it's called, but in the, in the top league in France, the LNB top three team. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he's just been really good. Right. And being uh, that's a big part of my philosophy is if you're really young and you're really good, I'm going to buy you to be really good at the next level and get better right uh i think just because it, it's hard to really stand out mm-hmm. next to Wembenyama, so i can really see him going back and like oh look you know Mitchell i'm the featured guy now yeah, yeah. They, this is their young guy this year mm-hmm. it's below cool bali and he he really wants to try and like beat next year's perceived weak college class that i don't think is as weak as, as people say people love to just shit on whatever the new Every year's new draft is, is yeah. the next worst draft ever, yeah. and the one after yeah. is even worse. And like, yeah. oh my god, next year's going to be so bad. And it's like, well, I, you know, also, I really yeah. love Ron Holland, and there's going to be I a lot too. of returners, right? I'm like, a big Ron Holland guy already, so I love that. Yeah, like there's there's all these guys who this is kind of a tangent, but all these guys who see next year's draft, and all these guys are like, oh my god, it sucks so bad and they're like oh i'm gonna go back and be a lottery pick like there's like 20 guys who i've seen other people be like this guy's gonna be a lottery pick next year and it's like well they can't all be lottery picks yeah, exactly there's still <laughs> only 14 spots in lottery guys Calm yeah down. yeah like it, there are guys that works for their guys that doesn't work for right? i think probably have success whether he came out this year or next year but i could see him coming out next year and like really really having success just because of how solid he is at such a young age yeah, I, I think of those three guys, uh, again, I haven't watched a ton yet. I mostly pay attention to college basketball just because I enjoy it more. But I, I think I like him the best of the three, honestly. Um, so it'll be interesting just to kind of see. But man, this French team is going to be really good in the Olympics in, in like two Olympics from now, I think, when all these guys are like in their in their prime. Uh, let's go to a guy that probably has less flashy upside, but was a lot more productive at the college level. Again, like wing is maybe sort of a relative term here. Maybe he plays more of the four in the NBA. I guess we'll see. But let's talk Chris Murray for a minute from Iowa. Six foot eight, 20 points per game, 7.9 rebounds, two assists, 1.2 blocks, one steal. Was only 33.5% from three this year, which was a little surprising. And 73% from the free throw line, which again was also a little surprising to me. I thought he would be a better shooter overall. I just actually really like Chris Murray. And if I have a pick at like, 16 17 18 like he he might actually end up higher than that on my board just i don't know i just kind of like guys that like do good things and i don't think the ceiling is super high but i also think uh the floor is pretty high so he he just i don't know he seems ready to come in and like do good things in the nba next year well how do you feel about chris murray i guess so i've been watching his film I, i finished watching him yesterday i gotta watch some more today and tomorrow because uh, Bryce and I have been talking about him a lot, but mm-hmm. uh, he's he's definitely like wingier than his I brother. So. Yeah. so I I think Keegan is like definitely a four four, and I think yeah. Chris is definitely a wing. 
mm-hmm. like a, a three and Keegan Moore four, but they can both play the other position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Chris is solid as a wing defender, but the second you put him around the rim, he tends to foul and and like mess up. And he's very right hand dominant, right? His best moves are like hezy right, hezy right. Let me spam the hezy right, like I'm playing in you know the 2K arc in the in the my career. But he's talented. He has a lot of production. I think he gets downhill and he's a lot slinkier than his brother right as a ball handler mm-hmm. i think even though he's older it gives him a little bit more upside even though he's like a worse shooter uh you know worse scorer but i think his he's just he's just more of a wing <laughs> right uh I, I think he'll be solid right no matter what because he can do all the right things on the offensive end specifically but uh i, I don't know he's kind of weird for me i still don't fully know how i feel right I just think he's a better shooter than that. Like, I'm just, I, I don't know why I think that because the numbers are what the numbers are. But I think this year's Iowa team was just less good than the last one. And I think that came with some sort of a, like inherent pressure on him to do more for them offensively. And they missed guys like Jordan Bohannon and people like that to, to be additional spacers. And I, I think that maybe has some impact on it honestly and and everybody knew he was going to be the guy and obviously just Keegan at least had Chris and he wasn't super productive last year but he could do some things and and Chris not having him I think maybe had some impact there too you, you mentioned right-hand dominant I think um Chris is the left-handed brother but is he is he moving are his moves uh right to left but so I I I have I thought Keegan was left-handed um Oh, but maybe, maybe I'm crazy. I, 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 I just might have, remember. I might have them backwards. I, I thought Chris was the lefty, but I'm I'm now. So I, I think Keegan that. last year was wearing his watch. Fuck, I don't remember this. They always mess me up like this, man. They bug me so bad. Stop being twins, bro. But yeah. one uh, of them is left-handed, um, and one of them is one-hand dominant. So whichever, whichever the one hand is. Yeah. Wow. So I, I think Chris. But I, I think it's really weird. Even if Chris is like left-handed, that left-handed one, he loves to dribble oh, with that right. right. Yeah, yeah, I'm with yeah. You. So it's it's just a really. I think he's his jumper is really good from any level, which is really nice. Like even mm-hmm. if he's not a great finisher, he kind of has like the the Marjan Bochamp thing from last year, where it's like, oh, I can actually make a close jumper as like a counter to you stopping me from finishing. Yeah, you can also get to the mid range, gets to the three point line. He's a little bit more versatile than than Keegan was as a scorer and i think that kind of keeps his percentages down mm-hmm. but also like the team being worse and having to play with like uh, the worst people imaginable in iowa but it was like i i i am a fan of chris i don't know if i'll have him as like a lotto guy but I, he'll definitely be a first round guy for me yeah i think i've got him kind of right outside that range uh next one here i've got for you is maybe like the anti chris murray from from some perspective here we talked a little bit about him uh, before we started recording and you've got some good anecdotes, so I'd love to to get a couple of those on here for for folks because I'm just like really big on Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine at this point. It's a guy that I think I would have hated early on in my draft evaluationing, but he's 6'7". He just like seems like he can do a lot more. As a sophomore this year, he averaged 17 points, about six rebounds, about three assists, one, about one block, about one steal about 35% from three and about 79% from the free throw line. So just like pretty well-rounded from a stat line perspective. 
He was probably one of the worst defenders I saw all year, but it's not because he doesn't have the tools to do it, in my opinion. It just seemed like nobody cared if he guarded anybody, and their team was like total dog shit, and uh, it was just very kind of bizarre. So if he's a guy that like, like, they're not the same player, but I look at like Trey Murphy, and I was like, well, he wasn't a very good defender on a Virginia team that likes people that play defense. How will he be a good NBA defender? And I just ignore that he's like six foot nine and super athletic and like those things seem to help uh, at guarding people. Go figure. I think Lewis is like can do those kind of things where I think the bad defense in college isn't necessarily like locking him into bad NBA defense, if that makes sense. Yeah, he also started playing basketball really late. He didn't start playing till he was a junior in mm-hmm. high school. Uh, you know, he he played he played the saxophone. Or that, that. And then he transfers and or he, he transfers high school and they either, I, I think his high school really wanted him to play basketball. And, uh, you know, he played, you know, for the, 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 the junior, what's it called? That's I'm embarrassing myself right now. The, not junior varsity, the JV team. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I, my, I had a brain fart there. Ignore me, but late uh, in the day here, you know, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. And then he transfers to HD compass prep. Plays there for a year and then he goes and does the uh what was it called? The bullshit That's with Marjan. Chameleon BX. It was a thing that Wizards fans are familiar with. Uh, it's this guy, Frank Mastriano, that was a former Navy SEAL that um ran a training program. He's the one that Gilbert Arenas says basically saved his career. Uh former go-go player Kyrie Walker also played on that team with them. And I love me some Bochamp last year, and he said nice things about Max Lewis. So I'm also going to say nice things about Max Lewis, I think. But it's a training program where they didn't actually play any games. So I think that probably could have hurt him long term here. Yeah. And then Pepperdine was like, hey, we'll, we'll teach you how to like really play basketball. And uh, guess what? Pepperdine sucks. And he, <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, as much as I love him, he hasn't really learned how to play yeah. basketball. Right. And he, but he, his tools are so fun. Right. He has like a weird, like kind of slow first step. And then his second and third steps are like he is traveling like thousands of miles in like his second and third step. He's really fast once he like gets built up speed. I think he could really be like the perfect DHO handoff wing. Mm. I, I think he can really shoot, hit off pull ups. There's flashes of like some pick and roll stuff, but most of it's like over the top. Yeah. Um, I think kind of herky jerky too, which I think would make you like hard to guard. Like it, it's not maybe not pace yeah. is the right word, but it's it's like slipperiness if that makes sense. Yeah, he's really slinky. Yeah, right. Like yeah, he he, he he kind he kind of moves like how when you watch NBA stars, you're like how does this guy fucking move like that? Yeah. And Lewis kind of moves like that to yeah. a degree, right? Uh, the problem is that he just was like really bad, <laughs> really like you said, really bad defensively on a bad defensive team. But when I watched him. It really felt like, like, oh, this is what I should be doing, but he hasn't figured out his own body and he hasn't figured out exactly the timing yet because he hasn't played basketball for very long. Mm-hmm. He hasn't, he's played organized basketball for even less time. Right. I, I think he's like, I usually don't super love projects like this, but he was like pretty productive in a, yeah. a moderately tough WCC as a guy who like objectively wasn't that good at basketball. And he's got great physical tools and it's hard to like really be like, oh, this guy, he's just too raw. Right. He he wasn't that good and he didn't play that good. And like you said, was still really productive. And I think 
I'm a homer because I, I watch a ton of WCC every year, but it's a better league than I think they get credit for. And there's a lot of smart defensive coaches in that league. And he still put up like around 20 points against some of the better teams in that conference. So it's uh, that matters to me. And I think if your biggest thing is like feel and experience, like those are things you're going to have just have happened to you. So if he takes a year in the G League, so be it. But um, there aren't any guys that like that we've talked about in the five picks previous to this that have better tools to me. And I think because of that. I think I'm going to end up with this guy with like a definite lottery pick grade and maybe sneaky like around 10. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just like kind of bought in and I, I don't know if I can totally explain it. There's one WCC guy every year that I end up higher on than I should be. And that Kessler Edwards pick is really going to come back to bite me at some point. I had Jalen Williams like 11 or 12 last year. I don't remember where I finished, but like He'll be my fringe lottery guy for this year of, of the the wing forward batch from the WCC. Yeah, he's just like nice, right? Like despite you watch him and you're like, yeah, he's nice with it. And yeah, it's like, right. <laughs> despite being yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's always like a funny group of guys to evaluate. Like that was kind of like to to a way weirder extent, but that was Josh Giddy, mm-hmm. right? In Australia. Mm-hmm. Like you will watch him and it's like but it's the, it's the meme where it's like, what does he need to improve on? And it's every single uh-huh. thing in basketball. It's like yep. shooting, dribbling, defending. And it's like all the OKC fans losing their mind. But he's just good, despite yeah, like when you watch him and you're like, why does he suck? Yep. <laughs> That's kind of how Lewis is to a lesser extent. Uh, but just somebody who I think a, a team with really good development and, you know, a really good G League team. And take him in, teach him like actually how to play basketball and, and let him either work his way into an off ball wing or into like a secondary playmaker uh, and, you know, teach him to play defense. And there's a world where he's like a back end of your rotation player and he's really cool. And there's like some worlds where he's a star, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're, if you really, really develop him well, he's got the tools and he's just good despite not being good. It's, he's just weird. If he turned into like the stuff we saw Mikhail Bridges do this year for the Nets, like similar build, but like even more of the creation stuff, like it wouldn't really shock me. Um, I don't think he'll be that good defensively, but he could be. He's got the tools to do it. It's just, I don't know. I'm I'm never going to say a guy can't learn how to play basketball just because he's 21 and doesn't yet know how to play basketball, but we'll see. Uh, the next guy on here, I'm kind of irrationally higher on than consensus, I think, is Colby Jones from Xavier. He's a 6'6", 6'6", um, wing for anybody who hasn't really watched them. He averaged 15 points, uh, almost six rebounds, about four and a half assists, like, I don't know, half a block, but 1.3 steals, uh, shot about 38% from three, was only 60% from, or 65% from the free throw line, which I was a little alarming i think he's been a late developing shooter i really buy the shooting it looks clean to me i was telling uh, a a buddy this this morning that i I feel like he's like my hey if this guy turns into like a desmond bain caliber player eventually in the nba he's just really good and makes good decisions and if anyone wants a game to watch his um find their providence game from early march I, i think he played like a perfect basketball game like all right decisions, no turnovers. He had almost 30 points, like eight rebounds, eight assists. Like he was just good as shit in every facet of basketball. And 
you know, it's a smart, well-coached Providence team, and he had a tough matchup and just didn't care. Um, I, I just think this is a guy that's going to end up falling to the 20s, and we're going to look up in like three years, and he's the starter on a team in the Eastern Conference Finals, and we're just like, F, how, how did that guy fall? And no one took him. Uh, Coop, I, I see you nodding. I, I feel like this is a good sign here. Back me up. Why is Colby Jones the best player nobody knows about? Because he's he's incredible, right? Like you, you want like everything you said. Uh, he can kind of play one through three. Yeah. Solid defender can make good passes, like on the ball. Can make basic reads. He really set up like the other players on that team uh, for success. Mm-hmm. He was the engine of that Xavier team, and and was really good on a Xavier. I I would have taken him last year, even like as a second round pick, like a pre draft guy. Everyone uh, said, go prove you can shoot. And this year he hits 38% and, of his and, threes. And yeah. yeah. And cool. it's like he played next to Paul Scruggs and was a great off-ball player there, even like without the shooting being great. Mm-hmm. And he just comes back and he just kicks ass, right, at everything. Like you said, he's his analytics don't super pop at you because the free throw's low, doesn't generate a ton of anything else. But he, you watch him and his decision-making is incredible. He's a solid defender. He never it's does just, a bad thing. Like that's yeah. that's an underrated basketball talent is to just like not fuck up ever. Yeah. And that's like the the quality of both an elite backup point guard, right? Or mm-hmm. like a solid fifth starter. Yeah. Right. And if you get that guy from 15 to 20, you win. You win mm-hmm. the draft. <laughs> if, if you get yeah. a, a a four through seven in your rotation level guy. And I, I just don't think I, I, I like you said, I think Colby Jones going to come and is going to you know, play winning basketball and you need guys like him in on your team. They're just, I, I say this, I, this is my high, the highest compliment I give out anybody, but I, I don't think there's a team that's like, I don't want a Colby Jones. Yeah. And right? you, you could fit anywhere and, and help somebody's rotation from day one. Yeah. And right. I, I think the fact that he can also play off ball, if mm-hmm. the shot is even like league average at the next level, uh, that's like the perfect rotation player. And just to clarify something before I get a few angry DMs about why I said something so brash, I'm not saying I think he'll be the same caliber of player as Desmond Bain. I just mean a guy that because he's older and went back to school a couple times and went in the 20s, um, people slept on him a little bit. And and this is a guy that I think will you know overachieve his draft stock relative to when he'll end up going. He's also like only half a year older than Brandon Miller. Right. Yeah. He's not that right. old. So right? he just, he's, because he's he has like three years of basketball. Yeah. 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 Like he's a young junior and he's just really good. So you can't go wrong with the Colby Jones pick. Perfect kind of guy to take in the mid to late first for me. Yep. Same. I, I think I'll probably, honestly, I think have him like in the late teens, probably pre 20, something like that. Um, all right. Next one here. I've got, um, I, I I took a victory lap earlier in the year because I've been calling him Derek Whitehead and their SID came out and said his name is pronounced Derek. And then the entire NCAA tournament, they were still calling him Derek. So I don't know, but let's go with what um, Jim Nance says because he's the GOAT. So Jim Nance is uh, Derek Whitehead out of Duke, six foot six freshman, averaged eight points, three rebounds, three assists, one block, one steal. 31% from three, or no, sorry, uh, I just messed that up. I messed up all of his stats there. Let me redo this. Dukes, Derek Whitehead, 8.3 points, 2.4 rebounds, one assist, 0.2 blocks, 0.8 steals, 43% from three, 79% from the three, uh, free throw line. So not a ton of volume, 
but he hit the shots he did. He was hurt for a lot of this year. I think the context was weird. This was a guy that was probably like a preseason top eight pick on everybody else's mock draft. I'm not probably as high on him as I think I would have been even if he'd had a good year, but uh, I, I think this is a guy that's probably better than somebody that averaged eight points a game at Duke. So um, where are you at with Whitehead? I I love Tariq. I think he's a free basically from like 12 to 20. If you pick him, you get a rotation player mm. and that's a win in that range. I think he's got okay upside. Uh, the handle's not very good, <laughs> but he yeah. can like do everything else. Good first well. step. So it seems to get by without it. I think. Yeah. That's the thing is, is I think the only aspect of handle, especially for someone who has pretty good touch, like, like Whitehead is that I think can really be like fixed or like improved unless you're like having outlier development is like tightening up like the little stuff mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not going to lose the ball <laughs> off, like out to the side and over and over again. Like Dariq just made dumb ass to sit, like dumb ass losses of the ball. He was the opposite of Colby Jones. I feel like in a lot of yeah. ways, like he, yeah. he, he did dumb stuff, but he's still super talented. Yeah. And he's still, he's, I think he's still a good decision maker, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it's just that for what he was still trying, it almost seemed like he was still trying to do stuff he did in high school. Yeah. And when you watch the high school film, he dominated, he did whatever he wanted and he kicked ass. Right. So he could just do whatever he wanted. And, like he was like the one, like the only sophomore, I think, who played on the Bacade, Scotty, Moody, Montverde mm-hmm. team, came off the bench and, and was incredible. And as a senior, was the best player on that Montverde team last year. Uh, played next to Jalen Hutchifino and was like pretty obviously better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he was. Right. Like he was, his, his high school film is, is really good. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of gets lost. I think he's just going to come in. He's going to shoot well. He's going to defend pretty well. He's going to pass all right, and he's just going to be really good. And the team is going to be like, ah, oh, damn. Why did we, you know, take this guy who's, you know, oh, he has the higher ceiling, but he's just not that good at basketball over Dariq, right? I, I, don't, I don't think he's the top eight pick that a lot of people kind of had him build as coming in, but he's still pretty good. It's he's not the same player as AJ Griffin, but I do think the circumstances are similar from the, hey, we got hurt and the team kind of like worked itself out and defined roles without us while we were out. So we had to fit in in weird context and didn't get to show all of our stuff. So if he just ends up better than wherever he gets drafted, it's not going to surprise me even the least. Uh, All right, Coop, I've hit kind of the major guys here that are probably in the first round-ish range. Are there any other guys that you have uh, that you want to talk about here and and close us out with? I've got 10 other guys on my list of people I find interesting, but I I think that's probably like the consensus-ish first round wings. Um, Any any other names that that appeal to you or or guys that you think um, Wizards fans would want to know about? So somebody who kind of gets classified more as a guard but somebody who I see as a wing as Jalen Hood Shafino. Mm, okay. um, so he's like six, five and his season was kind of under underratedly, really not good. Mm-hmm. Um, like the advanced stats, the, the raw stats, I think uh, like we just did a, a pod with him and Kobe Bufkin and, and Turquavion and, and Judah Mintz and, and all them. And he had the lowest true shooting of the bunch by like a massive degree, he was absurdly inefficient. I think uh, Buffkin's true shooting was like 10 points higher. 
which is is pretty crazy, especially for someone who's like seen and he, he wasn't like a great defender either, right? For someone who's kind of described as like, oh, he's like a point guard and he does all like the flashes are incredible for Jalen Hood Shafino, but I don't think he's a good enough ball handler or consistent enough playmaker. And he just plays so slow, right? That it, it's kind of hard to really look at him as like a primary ball handler. And I think he's got the size and strength to at least kind of be a wing. I like him more there because I think he's a good off-ball shooter. I think the shot is semi-real. Like mm. The percentages don't don't show it, but I think he can really hit spot-ups and it looks clean. kind of attack uh, closeouts. Yeah. yeah. You you probably watch more Big Ten than I did. I, I avoid the Big Ten on principle um, because it's disgusting basketball. He was but, terrible against Maryland. Like He did not look like he knew how to play basketball. And there were a lot of NBA scouts there, including a couple guys from the Wizards. And like uh this is the guy we all came out to see and i think it was either the next game or two games later where he dropped like 30 on purdue and looked good as shit and everyone was like this is the guy he's in the lottery now and it's like that's kind of his season to me is like either zero points or 30 points it wasn't just like i'm a solid 15 a game kind of guy yeah and I, i like you watch the good games and the highlights and you're like oh my god this guy is so dominant Mm-hmm. He's, how does he do all this stuff? And then you like look at the numbers afterwards. And it's like the flashiest, like 16 on, on 17 shots of right. all time. Right. And he misses a bunch of reads and he misses a lot of rotations. And he's just kind of tough. I, I think like I, I've even had people like say they'd rather have him over Anthony Black. And that's, that's almost blasphemous. You're drunk. Me. Yeah. If you think yeah. <laughs> Right. Like, I I don't think we watch the same guy. He also 18.9 free throw attempt rate is is really bad. Yeah. Right. For somebody who's as big and as brawny as he is. And, and of course, he played with two bigs or in the sure. post and it's harder to evaluate. Not a that. ton of spacing for them for the most part. But yeah. Yeah. It's it's still it, he's just really tough. And I think I'd still I, I don't remember where I ended up with him on my board. Uh, yeah, I ended up with him in my my tier six, my no fucking clue tier. Because I have no idea what to do with their season, right? Because they're good, right? Like there's the flashes and the cool stuff, but everything else points to, I don't know what this guy does, right? And and he shares that with with somebody else who, if if you're okay with me jumping over, is is kind of forwardier, but uh, Gigi Jackson. Mm. Yeah, I I had him on my forward list, but I I think he's reasonable enough to talk about here because... if if he pops the way people think he pops, then he probably does play on the on the perimeter a decent amount too. Yeah, because he's like the the sell is that he's a six nine, you know, wing forward who mm. can score the ball. Yep. Right. Uh, the problem like he's incredibly young. I think he's like the he, youngest or second he, youngest. He reclassified or, to be in in this yeah. year's freshman class, and that's on a shit team essentially. Like, like garbage, garbage. Yeah. Like there is no level of garbage that can say that really makes you understand how bad it was like their center probably should have been playing d2 i'm sorry if you're listening to this south carolina starting center but yeah right exactly like don't aggregate us yeah (laughs) but like he he had a really high usage and he shot the ball all right from three on a really tough diet and there were some awesome flashes i just let him do whatever he wanted it it just there was no like accountability there it seemed like yeah, and I, I I really liked him, right? Like mm-hmm. watching him as a player, because uh, you could tell this guy gave a shit. Like he really cared about, like he hated losing. 
He loved winning in that Alabama game. He was pissed off when they lost to, mm-hmm. you know, even like went to overtime against, against Brandon Miller and all those guys. And he was like mad. And I, I really like, I'm cheering for him, but I just have no idea what to do with him from an evaluation standpoint, because he's just like objectively not good mm-hmm. at, at like almost anything. Yep. Um, like he has the awesome flashes, but he doesn't even like hit free throws at a crazy rate. Only shot like 32 and a half percent from three on, on like a crazy awful diet, but mm-hmm. still, it's just really hard to sell yourself on here's what he's going to do at the NBA level. And here's how he's going to get there because everything else is just such a harsh negative. He, he was really bad at basketball, but he is really young and showed enough flashes where it's like, well, that plus the age. Uh, you know, maybe figures it out. And there's enough guys where the reclass never really seems to help them because it's just, especially with old college basketball guys. Now you're, you're playing teams with 25 year old starting centers and and you're 18 and um, you've never lifted weights before. Like it doesn't seem to do anyone uh, any favors particularly. So I, I don't, I have no idea what to make of him. I'll probably put him somewhere in the top 20 and that's all I've got for you so far. Uh, just it's worth worth the risk, but it was hard to watch a lot. Uh, yeah, he's he's just weird. Uh, and I, I have one more guy. If sure. you're if you're good, Please. the yeah. last guy we'll we'll hit on is Stone's favorite player on the entire planet, oh. uh, on Smith, who's uh. kind of been seen more as a point guard or like a yeah, I had him as a guard, but I'm with you. He's close but enough. I, I think he's like a wing, like a two wing. Like a, a, a six like foot four, 127 pound wing. <laughs> a, yeah, the skinniest person imaginable, but he right. like, he stylistically is like a wing, yeah. right? Where he's super athletic, can really shoot the ball, makes good enough, like connective ish passes. Like he, he moves the ball. All right. But and like really the, shoot the ball though. No, like, I don't have the percentages up because I just didn't put them on today's list, but like, was he actually that good a shooter this year? Every time so, I watched him, it was like 17 points on 17 shots kind of stuff. So I, I think the sell with him is like the numbers aren't great because it's 34% and mm-hmm. 70% from the free throw line. But all of those shots are from like 30 feet, yeah. right? right? Like he is he is launching them from like halfway out from the parking lot, essentially, mm-hmm. right? And he hit him at a good rate. He could really hit him off the dribble. And I think he can just like, play a really good two-man game with like a DHO operator and like really thrive off of like a real creator. He played with mm-hmm. Jarkel Joyner, who's yeah. like also kind of a combo guard. Yeah. And so they just kind of like <laughs> did the same thing. Uh, as a, yeah. yeah. And they basically just alternated like, okay, I'm going to take a long three and then you're going <laughs> to take a long three and then I'm going to throw a post-entry pass and then you're going to do that. Yeah. And now I'm going to pass to Casey Morsell. And it like, it was just, there wasn't anybody helping each other really. Mm. Uh, but I think if he goes and, you know, gets taken at the end of the first, he goes to a team that really needs some shooting. He can like kind of be that like 2016 Ryan Anderson type of thing where he's out at 35 feet. You have to guard him out there, but you also have to guard him smart because if you close out too hard, he's getting the blow by, by it and yeah. he's going to yam it on you and like posterize your center. He also got to the free throw line at a solid rate, which was mostly just by like flinging himself into guys. But I think there's enough there. And I think he's going to be able to shoot from deep. And if you like put him in the corner, I think he'll like, if he, if he's purely a corner shooter, I think he'll hit like 40% of them. Right. And be seen as like this super valuable guard who can also attack closeouts. So he's kind of a wing, 
in that way. Mm-hmm. But he's 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 just weird. But someone who I I think plays enough like a wing that you know if you're there in the the early second end of the first should really get a look. I think that's where I would have him probably in that like if you take him at 38, I don't really feel like that's much of a risk at this point because I think it's a pretty safe bet. He comes in and is a reasonable bench scorer at the very least. There's just not like a ton of positional versatility there and stuff that I, I wouldn't be using a first round pick on him. But I've also been on record that I'd take like Jaime Jaquez with a fringe first round pick. So I I, I don't know how much positional versatility there is there either. So um, I'm kind of a hypocrite. Uh, I got one more for you real quick. Amani Bates, uh, the recent uh, ESPN mock draft had the Wizards taking him like 52 or whatever. Um, I would take a guy like that at that point in the draft and just why not? I mean, he only takes tough shots and he doesn't even make that great a percentage of them, but the ones he makes are really tough. So, uh, the question I would ask myself is why does a six foot nine former top five recruit need to take such tough shots against shitty competition? But, you know, maybe, maybe he'll figure it out. He averaged 19.6 rebounds and people saw that they might think he had a good year, but he shot 40% from the field, 33% from three, uh, 78% from the free throw line, which isn't terrible, but he he was just bad this year for most of the time, but he had enough like big games against good teams that maybe some team will convince themselves. I, I don't know. It, it, am I crazy to think he's like really worth a pick like late um, like that though? I'd, I'd like at the end of the day, once you get past 45, you can, yeah. you can almost talk your way into anybody being yeah, worth a pick. Great. And I, I think Amani's one of the better guys who you can like talk yourself into, mm. right? Like, you know, you, I, do you want to take Amani who could maybe be an awesome shooting specialist, tough scorer, like, oh, there's some untapped potential because he's tall and he's shifty and, uh, you know, he was a top five recruit. You know, the <laughs> what's they took what's his name last year in the late second who was kind of like that to a degree, the big man uh, from Spain. Oh, um, Yannick Sosa. Yeah. Yeah. Yannick, Yannick and Sosa. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like at a certain point, once you get to the fifties, like why not? Yeah. And Amani, like legitimately, like he dropped 29 and, and six rebounds on Florida Atlantic. He had 30 like, against Michigan. I think something like that. Yeah. Somewhere in that dropped 43 against Toledo, yeah. you know, was like pretty good against Kent state, which was like one of the best defensive teams I've watched in a while Mm -hmm. Had like pretty decently efficient performances against them both times and like dropped 24 against them. Like that's team is tough. Mm -hmm. And he he had no help. Like his team was not good. So yeah, yeah. it was awful offense. Just ISO, ISO, ISO switch who's ISOing and and no passing. And it was really bad and they didn't win a ton of games, but I, I think it's pretty obvious that Amani's talented so and he's still really young despite being a sophomore like he's younger than most of the freshmen so why not just take the swing right like you can justify it as high as like 45 and just like well there's probably not a guy here unless you like really like somebody who slipped you know eh, amani's talented screw it take big swings uh, that's what i'm all about in the second round that you're going to probably miss anyway so why take the low upside guy if if it's probably not even going to work out uh cooper you are the man. Thank you. For anybody not following Cooper Klein on every social media platform available, um, Coop, where, what's the handle? Where can people find you? And plug the podcast for him again here too, if somehow they're listening to this and, and haven't already uh, tuned in yet. 
Yeah. So I'm uh, on Twitter at Ali underscore Oop underscore Coop. Uh, I, I podcast with Upside Swings with with Stone and Bryce. Uh, we've all been on on this pod before. Matt's the best. Love love hopping on here with you. Uh, you know, at Upside Swings on Twitter, at Upside Swings on TikTok. If you want to dig through all of our old really garbage content, and we got some really fun stuff coming. I, I can't spoil it, but we have some really cool stuff coming up in the works, and uh, we're really excited. And you know, follow if you if you want rockets and uh and kooks content you can follow at htx chop shop i do some writing and video and and like random podcast work for them bryce and i just released a uh kooks year in review oh, cool. podcast for them we'll check that out yeah it's on youtube at htx chop shop as well on twitter on instagram even on facebook because it's uh mostly gotta, run by old heads you so. gotta you gotta reach the older <laughs> generation they still like basketball yeah. so yeah so i that's all my stuff uh i appreciate if you if you have any questions about anything I'm, i always just love to talk draft and uh, thanks again for bringing me on that yeah i'll put all the handles in the episode description and stuff too so if you're listening to this and and you don't already follow uh all three of the guys they, they do an amazing job and like i said it's much deeper dives than we've done here so if you want to hear like an hour on three guys and like really get multiple perspectives and and really well-informed perspectives um it's definitely my go-to source for for draft content especially on guys i'm just like not familiar with so a lot of times i'll listen to you guys before i really dive in just because between the three of you the perspectives are usually different enough too that you kind of get a little um you know a little bit of everything and, and different um views on the game so I, I think that's really cool too uh coop thanks man appreciate you we'll definitely love to have you back on we've got I don't know, another two months to the draft here. So um, we'll we'll have more stuff to, to talk about between now and then. Uh, for everybody has been Believe in Wizards, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're presented by betonline.ag and we will catch you next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube